doing today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today, we're clocking in on Monday, November 23rd. It is 2020. Um, NBA free agency it began last Friday. Unfortunately, I didn't do a podcast for y'all after um, the draft. I mean, there's just no point in my opinion because I knew all the dominoes were going to fall in NBA free agency. So we got everything for y'all now. And I am joined once again by Aria Atari. Aria, say what's up to everybody. Who's everybody? Who's listening? Hey, maybe your mom, maybe your sister, maybe mine. Who knows? But we got everybody right. listening today. Well, I'll say hello to Joy Penland if she's listening. <laughs> hey, we're glad to have you on again, Aria. I don't think Aria and I have done a podcast together since probably, I think it was like two years of- when you said Devin Booker was better than Ben Simmons. I didn't want to come on again. Hey, well, look at it now. I think I was probably I, right on that prediction. I'd still, take, I'd still take Simmons. Hey, that's another, that's another argument for another day. Um, actually the first podcast I ever did was with Aria probably like, what was that? Like four or five years ago when we did the, Oh uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was uh, 2017. It was like, I don't know if it was before or after when Hayward signed with the Celtics, but it was like that same year. Um, Uh and what do you know? Three years later now he left the Celtics. Yeah. Um, also, too, I thought it was funny. I remember, I, I guess it was like a couple of years ago, I went back and listened to it. And I remember how we were blasting the uh, Oladipo, the, that uh, Oladipo Paul George trade. It turned out that the Pacers ended up winning that trade in the long term run because of Sabonis. Did they know? Uh, Did they know? Oh, they Sabonis, o- Sabonis. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. it depends how Gilgis Alexander plays out. True. But I mean, still, you got two all stars for him, so you can't complain. But. A lot of crazy things happened in this NBA free agency. And I think, honestly, we got to start things off here in the Eastern Conference and, you know, kind of look at what you just said right there, the big departure. I mean, there's been a lot of these Eastern Conference powers. We saw lose a lot of guys, a lot of teams we saw make no moves really as well. But, I mean, who would you say did a worse job in free agency, Toronto or Boston? You mean Tampa Bay? Yeah, I guess they are Tampa Bay nowadays. Yeah, Um so, I mean, it's just those two you're talking about in the East? Yeah, let's just start off with them. I mean, I feel like they're probably the most two most important so far with their off seasons. Yeah, I mean, then the Raptors, yeah, because they just they lost their bigs, right? So they don't have a Bach anymore. They don't have Gasol. And I don't think Gasol was really anything special for them. Um, last year, like when they were playing the Celtics, they were actually doing better when they would pull him and replace him with a Baca, even though Gasol was starting in that series. Um but the thing with them is they're just trying to keep their cap space line for 2021 and make a move for Giannis, which makes sense, right? Like you're not really going anywhere with this core of Lowry, Gasol, Abaka, Van Vliet, Siakam. Makes sense what they're doing. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, for the immediate future next season, and they're just not going to not gonna be competing in the t- for a title and for the East, really, so – yeah, I saw they did end up getting Aaron Baines late last night or maybe even been the day before that. Um, yeah, it was right after Gasol went to the Lakers, they signed Baines. Yeah, yeah Gasol are also too. Kyle Lowry's only got one year left, $30 million. So like you said, they're kind of just playing games right now with their cap space, trying to get everything freed up, which is going to be interesting as well. They obviously re-signed Van Vliet, so they pretty much brought back their, uh, their point guard of the future. But I agree with you, honestly. I think Toronto is going to be pretty uncompetitive in the East, obviously – 
with their coaching and everything, they'll still be able to make the playoffs with how weak the back end of the Eastern Conference is. I feel like the yeah. Raptors will still be able to handle their self, themselves, but at the same time, this won't be the Raptors team that we've seen actually competing for an Eastern Conference title the last few years. Um, I honestly don't think the Celtics did a horrible job. I kind of liked the Tristan Thompson signing. And Tristan Thompson's just a guy who can come in there and eat boards because, you know, they need a big man. I think he's better on defense. So actually, I mean, pretty much any center in the league is better than Cantor is on the defensive end. But I thought they did a good job of getting rid of Cantor and bringing in Tristan Thompson. I mean, $2 million is pretty good. But, hey, at least Boston's got some cap space available now, too. From $2 million, what are you talking about? I thought the I thought the contract for Thompson was only one year, $2 million. Oh, no, it's like two for 19 Oh, really? Yeah. Dang, well, you know, with all the NFL yesterday, I, I kind of so. um, some of those flew under the radar a little bit. But still, I like that, though. I mean, that's way cheap. That's way cheaper than a lot of the other big man options. Yeah, I mean, they in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, right, they got killed by Bam on those pick and rolls. He was just eating the Celtics alive, like every third quarter Bam was. Mm-hmm. Um, so now when you put Thompson there, it's a guy who can maybe keep up with a guy like Bam. Um a body to throw it and beat in the East. Who else is there? There's another good big guy in the East that I think I'm missing. Capella. Stop. John um, Collins. No, actually, I think that might be it. Um, I'm probably missing someone, but no, I mean, it gives them that body to throw it bigs and, you know, Thompson's a high energy player can get rebounds, defensive guy. Um, Tice is good too, but he gets into foul trouble too easily. I mean, Hayward, yeah, losing him kind of sucks, but, you know, you just replace his minutes with more Marcus Smart minutes. And Hayward didn't play for Boston in the playoffs last season, right? So he got hurt in game mm-hmm. one against Philly, came back against Miami. I think it was game three he came back, and they won that one. And they – no, I'm getting this all mixed up now. I think he came back game three. They won game three, and they won game five. I just don't remember exactly which one he came back. Pretty sure he came back game three. Um, but either way, like – he wasn't having a big impact. Um, and yeah, I mean, it makes sense why he left, right? He didn't want to be the fourth option on a team yeah. that when he signed, he was thinking he was going to be the one or the two, whether it was going to be him and Kyrie or him and Isaiah Thomas, because uh, they still had Isaiah at the time when he signed. Um, no, it makes sense. And the guy was just had the worst luck ever. First five minutes of his Celtics tenure gets, gets that ankle injury. Second year, he's just a shell of himself. Third year, he looks good for the first month of the year, breaks his hand, not the same when he comes back. And then in the bubble, he looks okay, and then boom, has another ankle injury first game of the playoffs. So just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I think it was smart for him to go ahead and get out of town and move on. And also, too, you know, and you're like you just said, with all those injuries piling up, the fact you can go out there and get that long-term deal he got from Charlotte, four years, $120 million, makes a lot of sense, in my opinion, for him to go out and go ahead and get that money and get paid. I mean, it just didn't make any sense to me for Charlotte. Charlotte's got nobody now to play big man. They've got LaMelo Ball. they got Rozier. they got Graham. they got Hayward. But they got no rebounding or size on there. They Biombo. They resigned him. Oh, that really shakes things up right there. Bismack Biombo coming back to the, back for another year. Honestly, Biombo had that amazing playoff series with Toronto, but I feel like ever since then he's really just done nothing. But then again, he has been playing on the Hornets, so he doesn't really get any spotlight playing there yeah. in Charlotte. Um, I mean, to, overall with the Eastern Conference, would you say Miami would still be your favorite to come out of there, or do you think Milwaukee made the right moves? I mean, Milwaukee's hard, right? Because, like, yes, the Drew Holiday thing, they gave up everything for him. They didn't get Bogdanovich like they originally thought. And everyone's kind of been making fun of Milwaukee. Did you see the thing with Pat Connaughton, by the way? No, what happened? 
So like apparent, I don't know the exact details hundred percent. It was like, I just read it and then kind of moved on from it. I read it like a couple days ago, but it was like, they gave Pat Connaughton like a two year contract, but the way the CBA was he, or a two year, it was like a two year contract with a player option. And somehow like the way the CBA was like, they couldn't give him a player option and they just have to give him a third year with more money or something like that because they screwed up. So it was like that on top of the Bogdanovich thing. So yeah, everyone's just been making fun of them, but I mean, but just looking at it, like for one, this one season, like the immediate future, right. They are mm-hmm. better than they were last year with holiday Absolutely. over, over Bledsoe. I mean, Bledsoe was just never doing, it was just never someone you would trust in a playoff series. If you were another, if you were a fan of another team going against the Bucks, you just want that guy to keep shooting. Um, so yeah, I mean, they did get better for the immediate future, but are they, I mean, long-term they gave up all their picks. Is Giannis going to come back? Yeah. Those questions, those are questions. And those are legitimate questions and it looks bad for Milwaukee in terms of that. But if we're talking about just for next season, then yeah, of course they got better. Yeah. See, I agree. I think you put it very well there and you know, it, Milwaukee's in a tough spot because if things don't work out for him and they somehow don't make it to the finals and Giannis, I mean, even if they make it to the finals and it's not competitive and Giannis walks out that door, I mean, you know, for a fact, Drew Holiday's going to go walking out that door too. And you're sitting there without three first round picks. So then it puts them in a really bad situation there. But honestly, I thought they made the right moves, but still my question is who's going to play point guard for him. I mean, Drew Holiday can play point guard, but he's not your typical point guard. I feel like they're kind of in the same situation as the Clippers. Like, yeah, you have a lot of good guys. You have guys who can kind of play point guard, but you don't have your specific guy who's going to run the floor and kind of take over. I mean, you'd like to think Giannis is going to get the ball and get the rebounds, push it up the floor, and you're going to have Holiday and Middleton post up in the corners to shoot some threes for you. But realistically, you see these teams always get in trouble that don't have these point guards in the playoffs, which really, you know, is a big question mark for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like the position positionless basketball that – that fad that's been going around the league. So yeah, I mean, that, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be holiday. It's going to be honest, pushing the ball, but yeah, they don't have that typical quote unquote guy who sets up other players for assist and stuff. I don't think that matters as much to be honest though. I think that's a little, it matters, but like, I don't think to the extent that that's what's going to make or break them for a title. Yeah, I mean, see, I agree with you, but at the same time, I feel like it's definitely something that can come back and bite them in the ass at some point, like we saw happen with the Clippers. But you know, I thought Miami did a really good job, too. I thought that Mo Harkless for one year, $3.6 million is a sneaky good signing right there by Miami. You know, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Harkless is the guy who's going to shake the entire roster up. But in my opinion, he's one of the best defensive wings in the league. I mean, we saw when he departed from Portland how bad that defense was the following year. Like, he can definitely make a big difference for them. I mean, yeah, they lost Jay Crowder, but I don't really think losing Crowder is anything that bad. Crowder did shoot an amazing percentage from three in the bubble, but I think a lot of that had to do without having fans in the seats, which, I mean, could be a factor maybe for one more year. But I don't know if I could put the kind of money in him that they ended up putting in him overall. Um, I like this Miami roster still, and I think they're still set up in a great spot as well or how they can go out and they can get – a big time free agent to come in there. You know, they had to do what they had to do and bring back Dragic. They brought, who else did they bring back? They brought back one other guy. Myers Leonard. Yeah. Myers Leonard too. What was Leonard? Leonard was a one-year deal, correct? I think it was two with an option. Okay. See, that's a not team, bad either. A team option. Okay. See, that's exactly what you want is you want that team option, not that player option. But yeah, I thought Miami did everything they did and ultimately to keep everybody around and, you know, they've still kept all their young guys. They can keep building around to go along with Butler and Bam. Yeah, uh, and then they got Avery Bradley too, who he should 
help like and as far as mm-hmm. perimeter defense because you know hero and robinson really aren't that's not their strong suit um but yeah no, they're the same thing as toronto right like they're trying to keep the cap flexibility i think after this year and maybe i didn't say this with toronto so i think after this year toronto the only guys they have under contract are siakam van vliet and they have powell but i think you could waive him with the stretch provision um but miami they have they would after this year they would have butler under contract hero which here doesn't really make anything. Um, and then you would have to like re-sign Bam. He would have a cap hold, which wouldn't be too much because his he was a 14th pick, so his number is not crazy. This is riveting stuff right here, I know. Um, uh, but yeah, so no, they have, what I'm trying to say is, right, like they're, they have the cap flexibility to go after Giannis in 2021, which is really going to come to like them, Toronto, obviously Milwaukee, and this is assuming he doesn't sign the Supermax ahead of the season. And then, uh, and then Dallas, I think, is in play there, too, because they have one year until they have – the next offseason will be their last chance to make, like, real moves before they have to give Doncic a big contract. Yeah, that's the main thing, too, is a lot of these teams are going to set up for free agency. Next year's free agency has guys you can shift the entire outlook of the league. I mean, this year's free agency class – Is Smith a free agent? <laughs> Hey, I don't know. We have to check in on that one. I feel like he's the kind of guy that a Washington wouldn't let walk out the door for cheap. So, you know, you got to do whatever you can to bring him back. Um, you know, I, I got to ask you this, though, Arya. You know, me being a Hawks fan, am I wrong for hating the offseason moves we made? I feel like it was just stupid and we were just paying guys because we have cap, cap space available. Yeah, I mean, part of it is like, you know, where the Hawks going to get like real free agents, right? Like Kawhi Leonard's not coming to Atlanta. Uh, LeBron's not coming to Atlanta. Um, so you got to take like that into consideration and say, well, these guys are these, are they the best we could get? Right. That's what you got to think. Um, but I don't know. It's also, it's all like the Hawks are one of those teams, right? They're not going to get good through free agency. And if you really want to look at the history of the league, like which teams you could say, like were in history of the league, talk about like the last 10, 15 years, which teams were like really built through free agency, it's really just the Lakers and the Heat, right? Um, that Warriors team was mainly built through the draft. Um, I guess Cleveland was pretty much built through free agency. But anyways, that's another – that's a tangent. Um, that 16 Cleveland team. But, no, so to, to your point about the Hawks, right? Like, yeah, they gave out all this money to Gallinari, Rondo, Chris Dunn, gave an offer sheet to Bogdanovich, which at the time of us doing this, we don't know if Sacramento's matching it or not. Um it's just, it's a lot of money to a lot of guys who aren't all-stars and for a lot of years as well. Like the Gallinari deals three years. Dunn's money, it's not even that much. Rondo, I believe is two years. Uh, Bogdanovich is four. So it's a lot of money for guys who aren't all-stars and they better hope Trey Young or one of these guys they drafted other than him, uh, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, one of those guys I guess Herder was Herder second rounder. No, Herder was like the I think he was the nineteenth pick. Okay, seventeen or nineteen. Okay. Um, do you hang out with him in Buckhead? <laughs> Seen him out a time or two. We ran into each other. <laughs> um, no, but like they need like one of these guys to become like a real all star, right? Because you know, like it's a it's a two person duo league now, right? You got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nets now. That now that they're in this. Boston with Tatum and Brown. Um, who else is there? Well, I guess 
uh, Dallas with Porzingis and Doncic, what the Warriors wanted to be until Clay Thompson got hurt. Um, again, so they just need one of those guys because Trey Young, I mean, he already made an All Star in his second year. Um, they need that second guy to like step up, and if they don't, and it's not going to be any of those guys they sign, and if it's not going to be one of those guys they drafted, then. I don't know. They're not going to have cap flexibility. They're going to be that a mediocre team that's not getting high lottery picks. So kind of stuck. Yeah, we are kind of stuck right now. And see, I agree with you completely. It comes down to really which one of these guys can pop. If Cam Reddish, John Collins, you know, I, I feel like it's going to end up being one of the two between them. I feel like Herter and Hunter, we kind of already know what we're going to get out of them too. So that's what I'm hoping for. I personally was not a fan. I mean, Gallinari is the biggest contract ever handed out to someone 30 years old or more that's never made an all-star team. So that was pretty insane in my opinion. Um, honestly, to see what I was hoping for more so is that one of these younger guys is going to prove that they're going to be able to pop and then you can entice a bigger name free agent to come in here. I'm not saying we're going to get one of the top top tier ones, but still like, you know, a guy who's like a, who's like an all-star is like a fringe all-star that you can like go and bring in rather than, I mean, $20 million over $20 million a year for the next three years to Gallinari ain't it in my opinion. And but I personally the, think about guy. Who's the guy. I mean, like a all-star guy to get like a guy on like a Chris Middleton level. I honestly haven't looked oh. crazily into the next free agency class. I just remember looking at it real quickly and saying how deep it was. And that was kind of what I was baking on was something out of that next class or, you know, maybe doing a combo trade where you say, okay, wow, Cam Reddish looks like he's about to pop. Swap him and John Collins for a guy like a Brad Beal or something like that. Obviously, I know the Wizards don't want to trade Beal, but I was just hope I just want to keep our options open. I don't like going ahead and locking everything in on guy on these kind of guys, if you know what I mean. But I'd say ultimately after all the movement and everything we've seen in the Eastern Conference, who's kind of who do you think is going to win this conference? If you had to pick a team today, who are you picking? Put me on the spot. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. I I, I want to say Boston, but I don't want to say Boston. Um, no, I don't know because I don't trust this Nets thing. Like I don't. I don't know if Durant. I, I just don't know if he can hold up. Like the guy, we haven't seen him play basketball. And, you know, once December starts, it'll be what, a year and a half since we've seen him play basketball. Um, so that's one part of it. Right? Well, am, I, am I crazy to say that I'm more confident in Durant next season than I am in Kyrie? I mean, Kyrie's a loose cannon. You don't know what you're going to get from him. You don't know what kind of attitude he's going to have. Kyrie Irving's never played every single game of the season. He's missed, I think, his healthiest season. He played like 70 games. I mean, you really don't know what you're going to get from Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, and no, Durant is the whole reason, like, why anyone would ever take this Nets team seriously. We saw they, what they were with Kyrie last year, right? We saw him as the number one guy in Boston, which it worked for that first year. And then that second year, everything went sour once Tatum and Brown kind of went through that playoffs, playoff run without him. And they got reps and they came into their own. Um, no, I, I mean, look, if Durant is – this the guy he was in Golden State before he went down with that Achilles injury, then that team's without question the favorite to win the East. Like not even a question. He was that guy was the best player in the NBA before he went down. Um, I'm gonna agree with you on that. I think he, he was the best player to win the East. Honestly, I don't know why I'm gonna do it to myself, but right now I'm gonna pick Milwaukee and say this is their final year and this is their final chance. I just feel like the fact now that you don't have an Eric Bledsoe out there on the court wasting your time and your cap space. I feel like that Drew Holiday, 
Giannis, um, Middleton. I feel like that should be enough. And honestly, that's really good defense right there. All three of those guys are all NBA class level defenders. Obviously, you don't know if Brooke Lopez will be able. I kind of like it when Giannis is in there at small ball at the end of the game playing center. So I feel like it's Milwaukee's time to put up or shut up. I I, I, I want to pick Brooklyn, but as of today, I would have to go with Milwaukee to win the East. Yeah, I think it's more likely that Giannis gets traded during the season than Milwaukee wins uh, wins the title. Wow. You see, I don't th- see it personally. It's a perfect segue over to the over to the Western Conference. I personally just don't see how Milwaukee or any team in this league is going to be able to beat the Lakers. I mean, they still have the best player on the planet right now. You still have Anthony Davis coming off probably his best season as a pro. You add you add in there the the arguably, I mean, the two guys who probably finished one and two. I, did Schroeder finish second in the in the yeah. year? Yeah. So, I mean, you have one and two, six men right there. You add Serge Ibaka, a guy who has no, they, championship no, no, experience no, no, no. on the defense. Clippers. Oh, what am I saying? Yeah, sorry, Marcus Gasol. I got him, I got him flip-flopped right there. Yeah, you add Marcus Gasol in there with his shooting and his defense to help you stretch the floor a little bit. I mean, I like what I'm seeing out of this Lakers team and the moves they're making. I feel like that they have a team who can, you know, come out here and compete to, to win the Western Conference and honestly win the title again. I mean, yeah, but it, it, it's not because of those guys, right? It's, it's going to be because of LeBron and Davis. It's not going to be because of Wes Matthews. This team's going to win the title. Um, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I like I like all the moves that they did. I mean, they. I guess they got better. It's just the only thing is Ronda was big for them in the playoffs, and that was like the one guy I would the, the two guys I would have wanted to keep, like in terms of the role players would have been Rondo and KCP. Um, I mean, yeah, Rondo and KCP. Those would have been the two guys. And, you know, losing Rondo just because he's such a freaking genius and he can – he just always knows – he can always make the right play. He can run the offense when LeBron's on the bench. And I know now it's going to be Schroeder. And I think maybe part of this was, you know, going with Schroeder is have Schroeder play – more minutes than Rondo. And I don't know if LeBron's committed to playing point guard for an entire full year, especially when, you know, the turnaround this season is so short. And especially for this team that went all the way through October in the bubble, they have, they have the shortest turnaround along with Miami. Um, the bigs are no question better. Gasol and even though Gasol wasn't really his best in Toronto last year, it's probably his worst season ever. Um, but, you know, you, you still have him, you have Harrell, uh, so the bigs definitely got better. It's just, I don't know. I, I would miss having Rondo there, but overall, I guess they did improve. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's like enough where all these people are saying like, Oh, season's over. Wes Matthews chalk up banner, banner 18. Actually it's banner 13. They only have 12 titles. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion. I'm just saying, I feel like this Lakers team got better than they were last year. And, I don't think any team that was, you know, up there competing with them, a.k.a. the Clippers, a.k.a. the Rockets. I mean, I would argue, honestly, all those teams got worse, if not that, I mean, maybe a tad bit better, but not enough better that I would say that any of them here today are better than the Lakers, you know? No, that that part of it's fair. That part of it's fair. I mean, the Warriors, I would have – I honestly was ready to have the Warriors win the West. um, Same. Before the Thompson injury. So now you count them out. Uh, Denver lost – Jeremy Grant, and they replaced him with Jermichael Green, but it's not the same level of player. Um, Clippers kind of just stood pat and flipped. Not They didn't make the trade, but essentially swapped out Harrell for Ibaka, which 
I mean, I guess, does that move the needle that much? I don't think so. They still need that. Like we were talking about earlier, like that point guard who can like mm-hmm. set them up, especially on a team like that where they don't really have another guy who's like a creator. I guess Kawhi's playmaking has gotten better, but that's still not his, you know, bread and butter. Um, so just going through the rest of the West, right? Houston, we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, who else is there? Uh, Dallas, like I said, they're trying to keep that cap space for 2021. And it looks like Porzingis is going to miss some of the year to start, but I think he'd be back. He's going to be back like in a week, couple weeks once the season starts, I think. But you, you can't trust that guy to stay healthy. Um, who else is there in the West? Utah, they kind of like the same. Um, yeah, I mean, all these teams either stayed the same or got worse. I guess Phoenix got a lot better, but then they yeah. make the playoffs. Portland's probably the team that had the most improvement other than the Lakers. But again, like, I don't know, Robert Covington, Ennis Cantor, um, Harry Giles. Is it Giles or Giles? Giles. Giles, yeah. Those guys aren't going to be the people I'm going to be telling my grandkids about that they want to <laughs> hey, well, call me crazy though i think i think portland's the second best team in the western conference now you know i feel like that bringing back in robert covington gives them back that defensive presence they're missing from harkless i mean in my opinion just talking just pure three and d not talking like all the other stuff guys can do i think that probably robert covington's the best guy in the league you can have doing that for you straight three-pointer in defense I mean, you throw him in there with Damon McCollum, and then, you I mean, you're going to get Zach. Zach Collins might miss a little bit of the season, but he'll be ready to go. I mean, you got finally Nurkic back, who looks like an all-star when he was back in the bubble. I mean, I feel like Portland's probably going to put the best fight up again against this Lakers team. I like what they've done with the roster. I look for Gary Trent to get better. I mean, Gary Trent's defense and his shooting looks better. I believe and at least Covington gives them a guy who can – I'm not saying – because obviously no one in the league can guard LeBron, but I mean – Robert Covington's probably the best guy in the league you can throw out there on LeBron out of all the other options. What? I mean, no. uh, I, I mean, Kawhi, I'm saying just straight three and D guys of options you could throw out there. Obviously, if I had to Are you talking about like non-all-stars? Paul George is better than Covington at three and D. Yeah, but Paul George does a lot more than his three and D. Paul George can drive it. I know, but home. like he is a three and D guy. So you're talking about like just the non-all-star guys. You yeah, I'm, I'm just saying just like purely three. Like you tell them you shoot three-pointers and you guard like the, the best Jay player. Like the Jay Crowder types. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, fine. I, I guess. I, I, I guess I would have to go through it like one by one. But like, yeah, I mean, he fits that mold, right? Him, Crowder, uh, what mm-hmm. Batum used to be or what people wanted him to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess that's fair. Like they did get better, right? Um, mm-hmm. they did add a bunch of guys. But it's not enough. It's, it's just, they don't have, like, I don't think those, those guys don't really move the needle that much. I don't think. And, um, I would still say the Clippers, uh, either them or Denver is the second best team in the West. And I, and with the Clippers, it's just because of Kawhi. Right. But mm-hmm. it didn't end up mattering that much last playoffs so I don't know I like it's tight between these teams like the Clippers the Nuggets and it's just it's kind of like the NFL right now how the the defending champs the Chiefs every they're I mean I think after watching that Raiders game last night and I thought this before that I've thought this since they beat Houston that they're the best team in the league and it's not even close um and everyone else is playing for second place and that's kind of what it feels like with the Lakers I thought the Warriors were going to be a challenge and Same. I really kind of think it's only going to come down to to the nets maybe. And that depends on Durant's health. 
Hey, well, let's talk about the Warriors a little bit. You know, losing yeah. losing Clay Thompson was a massive blow on draft night. I honestly thought it could ch- potentially change up who they even chose to draft there. I mean, you got to start to ask the question now if Clay Thompson will even be the same player ever again. Um, I mean, what do you think about this Warriors roster at this point? I mean, it, what do you what do you like about them? What do you think their ceiling is? I mean, do you think this team can get it done? I mean, you got to ask questions too. Can Steph Curry even stay healthy? Yeah, and the Thompson thing. I mean, look. It, it sucks, right? Like, no no one wants mm-hmm. to see that. He's a fun player to watch. But we got to be realistic, right? And all these people who are saying he's going to come back stronger than ever, prove the haters wrong, prove the doubters wrong. Like, look, we, why, 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 is, why is, like, looking at something and being critical hating? Why is that doubting or whatever? Like, it's fair criticism. He tours ACL, you know, and guys come back from ACL a lot. Like, it's not that uncommon anymore. Um, even though there's been instances in recent years, guys struggling with it. Um, but then an Achilles on top of that and not playing basketball for, so let's say like next season, you know, assuming everything with COVID and we go back to a normal season for the 21, 2021, 2022 season, right. That season would have start, would start in October of 2021. Mm. He would have not played basketball for 28 months professionally. Jeez. So like, and we're just supposed to assume he's going to be the same guy. And if he is, and if he ever comes back to the same guy again, right. Let's just mm-hmm. assume he does. It's not going to be in that first year. So we're talking about like, we saw it with Paul George. He was not the same guy when he came back with Indiana that first year, Gordon Hayward still struggling to come back to be the uh, same guy he was before his devastating injury. And not that, uh, I mean, Thompson's injuries suck and they're not like gruesome. Like those two injuries were, but the time away is the thing here. And the Achilles is bad enough. And, you know, we were just talking about Durant, right? And now we're not sure about him. You add that on top of an already torn ACL on different legs, it, it, it's over for Clay Thompson. I'm sorry, but it is. In yeah, terms I mean, of like see- being, in terms of being like that star number two player that we knew he could be. Yeah, we've seen the Achilles injury, too, be like the kiss of death for a lot of guys, too. I mean, look at Tracy McGrady. Obviously, technology is better nowadays, so you got to think they can come back a little bit more, but that Achilles injury can just end it for you. Tracy was microfracture knee surgery. Oh, really? I thought he was – who was the guy that had the Achilles back then? Dang, I don't know who I was thinking of, but there's someone who had the Achilles injury not – not too long ago like that where it completely ended it for him. But yeah, you know, I think, I think the Warriors new roster is interesting. Obviously you got to ask questions. How healthy is Steph Curry going to be? But I mean, they still have length that can defend. They're going to be able to play fast, probably run up and down the court. I mean, I don't know if James Wiseman is going to be starting right off the bat. I feel like it's probably going to be Looney or maybe Pascal, but I mean, I think their roster is still interesting. They're going to be a competitive team, but I think they kind of find themselves out of like that top four team area in the West and find themselves more in that, you know, second tier of teams that are interesting, but they're not real, real contenders. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is the first time since Steph's really like elevated to that level that he hasn't been around like other guys. He like, he had David Lee and he had Clay Thompson and it was Clay Thompson, Draymond, and then Clay, Clay Thompson, Draymond and Durant. So, you know, now he's here with just Draymond who seems like his best years are behind him. And he's got like these role players and Ubre uh pass yeah eric pascal uh wiggins looney and wiseman we don't know if he's going to be anything and if he is probably not going to be anything that first year so it's an interesting time for steph and whether or not he can play i mean he's not going to win mvp ever again but i don't know 
can he like be can he do like the kind of thing that LeBron would do in Cleveland, right? When it would like be just him and a bunch of guys and mm-hmm. he drag them to a playoff spot. Now I don't expect him to do it as well as LeBron did, obviously, but some sort of variation of that is what we would we're hoping to see it. I mean, that's I think that's the best you can hope out of this Warriors team. Yeah, and it would be huge too for Steph's legacy because a lot of people are saying, oh, he a lot of people are gonna look back and say, you know, oh, he played with Kevin Durant. Oh, we have this stack team, he had this, that, and the other. I mean, it could be massive for Steph's legacy, what he does on know. his team this year. Taking a 41 team to the like seven seed, I don't think that's gonna make or break Steph Curry's legacy. No, no, but I'm saying like if he can get this team into like the top four in the West, I mean, I think it would definitely make me think a lot higher of Steph Curry. Also, too, which is another perfect segue for us to talk about another team here. Houston Rockets just signed DeMarcus Cousins to a contract. Oh, did they? You got breaking news? Yeah, I got some breaking news for us right here on the pod. Um, Look, I'm not about to sit here and say DeMarcus Cousins is anything close to the DeMarcus Cousins we saw when he was in Sacramento or when he was in New Orleans. But, I mean, you got to hope he can do something or other contribute. I mean, Aria, do you think we see Russell Westbrook and James Harden in the playoffs and wearing Houston Rockets jerseys? Um, trying to Trying to think here. You didn't give me a, geez, I would have had a better joke if, oh, about Westbrook and Cousins that I know I'm like this ahead of time. Um, I think Harden goes to Philly. I really do. I don't know about Westbrook. I think he's too untradeable. I don't think anybody would want him. His contract's too big, three years left mm-hmm. on it. He isn't like the type of guy who, you know, make you better or make you a fringe playoff contender, but you're not going to have any real title aspirations with him. But Harden, yeah, I think Harden should, I think Harden's going to Philly because I think, it doesn't make sense for Houston to keep this team and they kind of ran their course. They don't have their coach anymore. Their GM's gone and they're just kind of holding on to the players they had. And this isn't even their best team, right? They already traded Covington. Um, so like, I guess what they would go Harden, house, Westbrook cousins. I mean, his cousin's even going to start Tucker. Christian, I think Christian Wood is going to start at the, Oh, Wood, that's right. They got him. Um, no, but I mean, Harden to Philly, I just see that making the most sense because number one with Philly, that fit with Embiid and Simmons has never worked. Okay. And maybe they want to give it some time to see if Doc can figure out, Doc can figure it out and I can't speak uh, and make it work over there. But that's the best, that's the best package that Houston can get is one that involves Ben Simmons, some picks, um, and similar kind of to what New Orleans had to uh, New Orleans received for Davis. So you got Ingram, you got Lonzo, another nice player. You got a bunch of picks, pick swaps, so on, so on. Um, I think Philly is the team there. And I don't know if it's at the start of the season, maybe like in the middle of the season, like a mid season trade, um, whenever that would be, because we don't know what this weird start mm-hmm. to the season uh, when ex- actual things are going to be. Um, but yeah, part of the Philly is kind of what I think. And I, don't have inside info. I mean, I'm not a reporter, so. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I think your trade makes a little more sense. I know as much as I wanted that Nets trade to happen, I mean, I agree with you. It's pretty illogical for it to happen. And, I mean, they pretty much – I mean, the Nets basically already gave them their best shot and try, couldn't get it to go down. I think there would have to be a third or fourth team involved to make something like that happen. I mean, to be honest with you, though, I feel like Houston's – two things happened to Houston here. The first thing is once you saw that trade go through for Drew Holiday, it became pretty much impossible to trade somebody as good as James Harden unless you literally get, like, the entire farm system and all the young players and everything for a guy like – I mean, because you can't trade James Harden for less than you than Drew Holiday or else you just look stupid and you'll probably get fired from your job. And James Harden's 20 times better than Drew Holiday is. And then on top of that, too, like – 
I feel like with the moves Houston's making right now, it feels like they're trying to say, oh, we can hold this team together. We can try to make one more run. I mean, they have $20 million tied into Eric Gordon a year for the next three years. That's a pretty untradeable contract right there that you're pretty much stuck with. Yeah. I feel like they're trying just to run this team to the ground, but I agree with you. I mean, for every single team that tries to win a championship, there's just a certain time where that time passes, and that's already happened to this team. I mean, their best team was when they had Chris Paul in there and Ariza and everybody. They let Ariza walk, and that was just kind of – that was – the beginning of the end. Then once you traded, I mean, it was almost like that trading Chris Paul was like trying to, you know, fix something that needs to be fixed with cement with duct tape or something, you know what I mean? The Westbrook for Chris Paul. And it's just finally, you know, like the hole is broken open and the water is starting to seep out. I feel like it's finally time just to break it down and restart. You know, the Houston had, see, the thing is that I at least like the Christian Wood signing. I'm not going to sit here and say Christian Wood's an all-star. He shakes up the West or anything, but at least you finally have like a young player that you can try to develop. Like Houston didn't even have that on their roster. I feel like every single team needs to have at least one young player where they keep trading all their first round picks. So they've never really had yeah. first round picks to try to, you know, kind of like, you know, like Golden State, at least while they've been trying to winning, you know what I mean? Like they would use first round picks to get guys like Looney and Pascal who end up being, you know, young, interesting guys to watch play. Houston did none of that in this time. Well, that's because Daryl Morey, like that's never really been his thing. He, he, I don't think he values yeah. first round picks. He's more into getting like these veteran buyout guys. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they have new front office there. Now, do I think that front office is going to be better than Daryl Morey? No. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, Houston came close. They came really close and they're maybe a Chris Paul injury away from winning that one 2018 championship. Um, however, you also have to hold them accountable for in 2019. Durant goes down in game five and they don't have any excuses for not beating that Warriors team after that happens. Uh, they had Chris Paul healthy that whole series and the Warriors lost Durant. So in my opinion, like that team just wasn't good enough to get over the hump. And like you're talking about getting that young guy, whatever. That's what Ben Simmons is. You get a young guy. He's already an all-star. I think he's, I don't know, is he 20? Is he 25 yet? Uh, I don't know. Can we get a fact checker on that? Um, yeah, I'll check it while you talk. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't have to. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what they got to do. Cause it's, it's not happening, right? Like it's not going to happen in Houston anymore. They need to be realistic. They need to look at themselves and say, all right, it's not happening. What he's 24. Okay, he's 24. Uh, what can we do here? Because it's not happening. Um, let's uh, yeah, let's let's get it. Let's get Ben Simmons and kind of restart this thing a little. Yeah, I mean, if you bring in Simmons, though, you also got to kind of get Westbrook well on his way out of there too. Simmons and Westbrook would not work together. No one wants him. Yeah, that's the tough part. Is you're kind of stuck with Westbrook. No one I mean. Wants him. I can't think of any of anywhere he would go. I mean, hey, Charlotte's got Gordon Hayward now. I mean, I guess they'd have to wait for Batum to come off the books before they could do something like yeah, that. They, or they would have to what they waive Batum. Yeah, the stretch provision. So like Gordon okay. Hayward. So like that same like four years that they have Gordon Hayward for, it's like nine year nine million additional on top of that for Batum for Batum getting stretched. So it's almost like you're paying Gordon Hayward thirty nine million a year. Jeez, that's honestly insane that Gordon. But if you're paying that kind of money, then yeah, maybe Westbrook does make sense for Charlotte. Because if you're already locked into Hayward, um, why not bring in Westbrook for those three years and be that fringe playoff team that's already seeming to be your goal? Uh, Westbrook seems like a great mentor for LaMelo Ball. (laughs) That would be hilarious. I mean, Westbrook and Mel Ball, I don't know how well they play beside each other, but hey, at least if you're Charlotte, at least, you know, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, Westbrook makes you somewhat competitive. And, you know, Charlotte, you're not really going to be able to land this big game free agent. So at least it's somewhat a good look for them there. Um, Other teams in the West kind of hit on here. I mean, Mm. what do you think about Denver? Do you think Denver is ready to make that next step to be the second best team here in the conference or is it still too young? 
Well, I think they are the second best. You said the best team? Second best. Well, they were. They finished second in the West last year. And, I mean, they didn't do anything, right? They they lost Jeremy Grant and got Jermichael Green, who's a downgrade. They're, all they have is their two stars, Jokic and Murray, and they're just betting on Michael Porter's potential. There was lots of talks about them getting Drew Holiday. I think some there's even some talks about them getting Chris Paul. They were throwing Brad in all Beal. these. Yeah, Beal, which I don't think the Wizards, the Wizards aren't trading Beal. Yeah, the Wizards were never um, trying to trade him, but they wanted him. At least now. Least. Um, so, like, they've been throwing in all these things, and they're just back to where they've always been, which is Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter's potential. That's, what they, that's all it is there. And if Porter continues to get better and he can kind of become that third star for them, then they don't, then not making a move is fine. Right. Um, but if he doesn't, I think they might have to look back at this off season and say, yeah, should have been more aggressive here. So we'll see. Yeah. Also too, you got to think about this. They didn't have Will Barton, who's probably one of their best wing scores the entire bubble. So adding him back in there gives them a whole nother, you know, an extra score and everything. They can use him off the bench. They can kind of choose between him and Harris who wants to start ultimately. But I like Denver's team. I think you still got to keep waiting on Jamal Murray. He looks like an emerging star in the bubble. I mean, he looks like, I mean, Jamal Murray was never afraid of that big shot. He had that crazy game against the Lakers too, that they ended up winning. I mean, Jamal Murray was fun, exciting. And I want to see him keep building on what he did in the bubble. Cause I mean, he went from a, you know, a guy who some nights looked like that guy and other nights looked like a guy who shouldn't even be starting in this NBA to finally finding that consistency in his game. Yeah. That first playoff run, he was just night and day. And then, yeah, he, they, he really, he really got it going that second year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what you got to keep building on if you're Denver. Um, ultimately, Aria, who would you say is the worst contract we saw this entire offseason? Ooh, well, I mean, if you like I said that thing about Batum, and if you combine that with Hayward and it's really like 39 million a year, then that. Um in my second place finish would be Marcus Morris for 16 a mil, 16 million a year. So the official deal is 64 million for four that uh, mine, over right four there. years. Um I mean this guy, this guy, I mean, he's like, a, he's, he's Marcus Morris is forward Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> he really is. Honestly, though, I actually like that comparison a lot. Cause you know, Clarkson's that guy where some nights you're like, well, how is this guy even getting minutes? And some nights you're like, wait, who's this guy again? What is he, how's he doing this? Which is fine. If he's like your seventh, eighth yeah. man and you have him on like, you know, you just pull him if he starts hurting you, mm-hmm. uh, but they're like going to, de- and they were depending on this last year as well. They're depending on Morris to be like a real guy for them. Like he was starting for them last year. It was, and I assume when you give someone a contract like that, you're expecting they're going to start again. Like wh- I don't understand the Marcus Morris thing. I really, I really don't get it. I mean, look at the Lakers with Markeith, right? They just brought him back. He's like That's their ninth, 10th man. Yeah, and it's a veteran minimum too. He's making probably like what? Is a veteran minimum two point five million dollars when you have his his level? Of, I know it goes by your level of experience. I would assume um, at his, it's that. It, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he's been in the league like nine, ten years, something like that. Yeah, ten years, um, I think. So I don't know. Like, I guess Marcus Morris is better than Markeith, sure, but like, like that much? I don't know. He's forward Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> I think that's funny. I never heard that comparison before. Yeah, I had Marcus Morris as my worst one. I think Gallinari's up there, though. I was yeah, uh, yeah. Gallinari, I'd say, is probably top. If he's not the third, he's probably top five. He's got to be top five worst contracts. So, 
pretty bad that, in the bubble too. I, I would I would definitely say who do you well who do you think is the best contract we saw given out? Hmm. Um, not like counting those rookie extensions, right? Because when you get guys like Tatum or yeah. Mitchell locked up, I mean those are obviously good. The best contract. Um, Uh, Christian Wood, I think they got him for a good deal. Uh, yeah, that was like the first. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you mine. I'd say Jay Crowder. Honestly, I think that adding him in there, you know, gives you another guy who now has. I mean, now you can say Jay Crowder's got tons of playoff experience. He's pretty much been on a playoff team every single year. People forget this. Jay Crowder has played with LeBron. He's. I mean, he's played with the Heat in the finals now. I mean, he didn't play. He obviously the the he got traded over there from the Celtics, and then in that Isaiah, and then with that Isaiah Thomas con, or trade, and then he got traded again yeah. to Utah. You remember when they shuffled that roster around with yeah, the trade yeah. deadline? He Brought got in again. Function. So, yeah. you know, Crowder's a guy who's been a journeyman. He's played a lot. I feel like he can bring a little veteran presence. But I mean, if he keeps shooting that three ball the way he did in the bubble, he took his three point percentage from like the low. Um, I mean, it was like in like the low, like, or I mean, like the mid to upper 20s to almost, I think he was over 40% the entire bubble. I don't know if it dropped off at the end, but I mean, he was shooting over 40% from three. I mean, if he can bring that with his defense and his tenacity to Phoenix, I think it gives them another guy in there with that mentality and everything you can fit in and help change that culture with Chris Paul. Yeah, I don't know on Crowder. I mean, I I don't feel like, I don't feel confident he's going to make threes when he shoots them. And in some ways, I don't. I think Miami, Miami had to play him, right? Because Iguodala was kind of a shell. Mm-hmm. And I think he was hurt uh, towards those last couple rounds there in the playoffs. But I don't know. I, I think he was obviously the weak link on that team. I, I'm not too big on Crowder, especially. I mean, the deal he got was fine. Like, they're not, like, overpaying for him or anything. So, it's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think for a guy who can bring to the table what he can, that, I mean, shoot, I would love the Hawks to go out there and get him three years, 30 million. I think that's a good contract right there, so. Gotta like that move there for Phoenix, but anything else you want to hit on before we get up out of here? Um, trying to think. Uh, no, I mean just now we're on like that Harden Giannis watch. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I will say this: the one team that we kind of I've, I've thought about it once we started talking about the Harden trading. Did you end up liking the moves Philadelphia made, or do you think they were stupid? Uh, no, I, I, I like the moves, right? So they moved on from that Horford contract. They still have the Tobias Harris one, which is, <laughs> uh, but no, getting like Seth Curry, Doc's son-in-law, uh, getting Danny Green, you know, you want the floor spaced out for Simmons, uh, for Embiid. Now, like the, the issue is going to be, can these guys play together? And I say no. I don't think we have evidence that they're a good complementary fit. And I think eventually this team, I think this team would be better served if they traded Simmons and went for Harden. Um, Yeah, no, but the overall, like the moves were fine, right? Like they had to get rid of that Horford contract. Oh, you know what? I do have something I want to say. And this is, uh, this will be my last point. And this will be a Celtics thing. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll stop after this. Um, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about how the Celtics are not – this team can't keep free agents. Horford left, Kyrie left, which Kyrie was not a free agent. Kyrie left, Horford left, Hayward left. This team can't keep their star players or whatever. I just want to go through them all individually. Kyrie didn't want to be here. He wanted to be with Durant, and that was pretty obvious. And he gave that whole speech, and he said, if you guys have me back next year, I'll be here. 
and he just sabotaged the season. I don't even think the Celtics fans wanted Kyrie at that point. Hayward, I mean, look at the contract he got from Charlotte. Are you kidding? Who would give him that? And then Horford, same thing with the contract he got from Philly last year. Um, and also Hayward didn't want to be here because he didn't want to be a, a fourth option. Um, so if you look at those cases individually, yeah, it looks like they lost three, you know, key guys in two in a two year span. But you can't look at it in a vacuum. You have to look at Tatum and Brown becoming like the main guys. You have to look at them signing Kemba as well. And mm-hmm. I saw somebody say, "Ooh, Celtics definitely regret that." No, they don't. No, they don't. Kemba's good. What are you talking about? He was. I mean, it wasn't like he's not their best player. He's not their second best player. But Kemba's your third best player. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's very good. And also, too, you know, Kimba actually has, like, chemistry with these guys. Like, they actually like playing with Kimba. Why do you want to pay a guy like Kyrie there who nobody wants there and that's hurt all the time? Kimba, I mean, Kimba was hurt as well. But, I mean, can't speak for that. But for the most part, Kimba hasn't been, like, injury-ridden his entire career. And also, too, back to what you said, like, Orford's aging. I wouldn't have given him that kind of contract. It's a terrible contract to give somebody. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Celtics made the right moves. You know, I mean, at the same time, you can look at Hayward and say, Hayward plays the same position that pretty much Tatum and Brown play you don't want to pay all that money to three guys that play the same position i don't know about that part of the inner well yes to the money part but like i wouldn't mind you having those three guys there is fine with the interchangeability but we talked about this at the top like smart can come and take those minutes it's just Mm -hmm. um i don't think those three guys leaving is like some referendum on the celtics's ability to keep their players happy um yeah they go as far as tatum and brown goes so I agree with you on that. Well, Aria, I appreciate you coming. Are we done with me? Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything before I I have to say something. All right. All right. So this podcast is your, your sports gambling extraordinaire, right? Yeah. Tell your fan base that you haven't paid up and for the bet you owe me. (laughs) Hey, yeah. Me and Aria made a bet. I mean, I took the, uh, the Grizzlies and he took the Blazers. He took the Pelicans. No, I didn't. I took the Grizzlies. I didn't take the Pelicans. I'm 100% sure that. I'm 100% sure that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But anyway, he I took the 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 Grizzlies to win the the 8 seed and he took the uh the Blazers, so I lost that one. Yeah, you owe me a steak. Hey, we'll get that taken care of very soon. I mean, that was 3 months ago. Hey, well, we'll get it taken care of here very soon. I like it medium well. Hey, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens with that. But anyway, Aria, appreciate you coming on, man. Help me yeah. out. All right, check out my website, checkthetape.com. Yeah, everyone, go over there and check out. Post articles up there all the time. But we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon. Later.